Hello, my lovelies, and welcome back to Listen Closely. I'm your host, Bobby, and thank you again for joining us for another week of interesting stories and tidbits that I can bring. If you haven't already, make sure you're following me on all of my social medias and on whatever you are listening to. If you are on an Apple podcast, make sure you're giving me those five stars, leaving me a review. And yeah, make sure you're following me on all my social medias. Y'all heard it every single week, but I'll always say it. At HTT, listen closely. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I'm also on YouTube, Listen Closely Podcast, I believe is what it is. And that is all of them that I'm on currently. And I do post extra things, including any kind of articles I may have found or photos that I found that relate back to the things that I'm talking about. Today's episode will have some pictures to go along with it that I have found and any other extra information that I can't squeeze into the episode will also be found on those. So make sure you're definitely following them. And if you are enjoying the show and would like to help out, make sure that you're looking at the Anchor Support. You can find that by going to my Anchor website and I post it every time I upload anything. It's anchor.fm forward slash HTT listen closely. And there you will see a support button where you can support my episode and help me bring better things, including possible field trips in the future, guest speakers and all sorts of kind of goodies. And you can do that and it would mean so much to me. I am also still looking for your personal ghost stories for the new segment I will be doing called Ghosted. And that's where I anonymously tell your ghost stories to share with everybody and get their input if you want input or, you know, just to kind of creep some people out. I know that a lot of people have ghost stories that they've experienced, but are unwilling to really share it because they don't want anybody to think, you know, down on them or think they might be crazy or something like that. So let me be your outlet. Email me or message me on those social medias. My email is httlistenclosely at gmail.com. And let me know what you've experienced and let me share that story with everybody. And again, that will be 100% anonymous. So your identity outside of me will not know, you know, who, who it is. I will never disclose who you are or anything like that. And I've also stated this in the past. I am a part of a media group, HTT Media. That's kind of how you get my at HTT Listen Closely and everything like that. HTT Media does have other shows that they do on Facebook Live currently. I don't know if they do any others on any other kind of platform, but they definitely are on Facebook. So definitely go look up. So here's the thing that is the main flagship show, if you will. And they will point you in the direction of all the good things that HTT Media has to bring including me personally. I'm a part of it. They have some great shows. I know they have a sports show, one show that's kind of geared more towards women. They have, so here's a thing which is more community-based. So if you're in the Southeast Texas area, that is more community-based. And I believe that is all the shows. They do have some more that are starting to come up and they're starting to do some great things as well as a DJ and karaoke service. So I'm just putting it out there that you can go follow them. Uh, They have some pretty interesting shows. Some of them are pretty funny and, you know, more geared towards the funny side and others a little bit more serious, but they're all definitely great shows for you to check out. But without further ado, let's get into this episode. We are talking about Lillian Marshall Knox, a.k.a. Lady Bountiful. 
Now, Miss Lillian here was a very remarkable lady, as you can tell by her name. I mean, she is known as Lady Bountiful. She was known as one of the most remarkable women in the sawmill industry at the time. In fact, she was complimented by Woodrow Wilson for her contributions to World War I. And a Lumberman magazine called her one of the most influential women in the industry. So she was like a big time important lady. But before we get into, you know, that, let's get into some of the backstories and how her legacy was tarnished after five tragic and mysterious deaths, a string of forgeries and a prison term. So Lillian Marshall was a practical nurse who came to Knoxville in Polk County in 1908 as a secretary for Colonel Knox. Now, the Knox family was an extremely wealthy family who moved to Texas so that they can tap into the sawmill and logging industry. Now, at some point, Hiram did contract pneumonia and Lillian was there able to nurse him back to health. And that sort of kind of helped her to gain access to the family more, you know, not only as a secretary, but as a nurse, you know, able and willing to nurse them back to health. Now, later on, Hiram's wife, Grace, would fall suddenly ill and unfortunately would die while in Lillian's care. And so she was not able to save her. And two years later, it have you, Lillian would then marry Hiram who is, you know, the widow of Grace. So Lillian has now married into this very wealthy family and has now become Lillian Marshall Knox. And you think everything would be great now, like, you know, she's living her best life. Well, not exactly. So in 1911, her and Hiram's son, Willie, died. He was actually stabbed to death in the Knoxville home. And as far as I can tell, they could not figure out who did it. I mean, there was no, obviously he did not commit suicide or anything, but as far as I could see, there was no real uh, clue as to who could have possibly did it. And then tragedy would strike again with this family in 1913. So in 1913, Colonel Knox died a mysterious death while in a Houston hotel. So because of this, in 1913, they did end up moving to the Hemp Hill area. The family had already purchased this land and had wanted to build a sawmill and they were in the process of building the sawmill. So Lillian Hiram did go ahead and move towards that direction. They finished building the sawmill and they actually ended up making a small community called East Mayfield. And in East Mayfield, they built the sawmill, they had a small railroad, and they of course started foresting the timber to which they could then cut up and use and ship around and make way more money. So as far as the day-to-day -day operations, Lillian actually did run the sawmill and all of the uh, industries, while Hiram was known for basically just hunting. That's all he really wanted to do. He didn't want to have to really work per se, as far as I could tell. It was actually Lillian who was the more go-getter. If they said, hey, I want this, she went and she did it. So between 1915 to 1922, she was renowned for her generosity, her compassion, and skills for running one of the largest lumber companies here in East Texas. Now, this would all change in November 22nd, 1922. So on this day, a shot was heard inside of the Knox home. So millionaire Hiram Knox Jr. was found sprawled across the bed with a bullet in his head and a 45 caliber pistol in his hand. 
So, of course, it appeared to be a suicide, but Sheriff George Alford kind of started to look at the evidence and he found no powder burns on Hiram's hands and there were mysterious footprints found outside of the door, which led him to believe that it was somebody else. But who possibly could have done this? Well, Sheriff Alfred turned to the one that most people would not expect at the time but he turned to Lillian and the reason he thought Lillian to be the murder suspect was her very lavish spending and her charitable endeavors so basically she was spending way more money and things that she had and so he was believing it was her so he actually charged her with murder but the grand jury refused to indict her because I guess her character at the time you know in the area nobody was willing to indict this lady you know by all means she was the most generous and compassionate ladies that was in the area she couldn't possibly have done this or so they thought because of her name now being tarnished she ended up selling the mill to the temple family and moved well you would think that would be the end all be all especially if she was not the person who did these things Well, in 1937, she was questioned about the death of her mother-in-law, Mary Knox, but she was not charged. She would, however, serve time for a hot check written to Arthur Temple, the people who she sold her mail to, Temple family. She would write a hot check to one of the family members. And so she actually did serve time for, you know, not murder or anything like that, but for a hot check. So she served her time in West Virginia until 1944. And then from there, she kind of ended up making her way to Chicago. Now, while in Chicago, she couldn't keep herself out of trouble. She was a nurse and caretaker for wealthy women, which, I mean, if they don't know at the time, but like if I would have known, I'd been like, hey, wealthy people of, you know, United States, watch out for this lady. But she did end up, you know, kind of having some work and she was in and out of trouble for mail fraud and other fraud cases all throughout the 1950s. She would later find herself in the mental hospital. Now what for? I'm not too sure. I could not find exactly why she was in it, but she was in the, and I will probably say this wrong, but she was in the Kankakee State Hospital, which is south of Chicago, where she would later die. So in 1966, at the age of 75, Lillian Marshall Knox did die, and surprisingly enough, no family decided to go see her. There was no family present when she was buried, so she was buried in the hospital's graveyard with no real headstone. The only thing that marked her location was a number, so like they would put down numbers, so that way they could say, you know, number 37 was this person or that person and what have you, so she had no real headstone and instead had a number marker. Now, a lot of people are probably thinking, well, what happened to the sawmill in the town? Well, the Knox Lumber Company was then changed, you know, the area, and that sawmill was later changed to the Temple Lumber Company, and it actually continued to operate until 1937, but it was destroyed by a fire. Uh, Timber was nearly exhausted in the area, so the sawmill was just never built, and East Mayfield, which, you know, was almost a town like they started and they were voting and you know they got incorporated and they were very close to becoming a town but instead they did become a part of the city of hemp hill so now the main thing that's left to answer is did lillian 
do it. I mean, all these mysterious deaths and injuries that surrounded her, was she the lady who was responsible or was it just tragedy that just seemed to follow her throughout her life? Well, we already know that she did do those mail frauds and, you know, wrote the hot checks, did other frauds. So she is not a squeaky clean lady, no matter what I say or you say or anybody says, like, you know, she did serve time for some sketchy things. Now, as far as the murder, there has been absolutely nothing that can connect her. And it's been one of the biggest mysteries of this area and still is. Like, we still, to this day, cannot say whether or not she did or did not do this. Now, me personally, you know, I like to give my opinions. I think it's too close. You know, like, one death, okay, yeah, things happen. Two deaths, sure, maybe, possibly, you know, there's just a run of bad luck in this family. But every single family member that moved to Texas for, you know, this new opportunity of the sawmill, and every single one of them ended up dying or, you know, something tragic happened to them, there's no way you can tell me that it was just a coincidence, she had to have done something. Now, whether she did it herself or had somebody else do it, I don't know. There's no telling what exactly happened, you know, but I think she definitely did have a part in it, if not being the sole person who did it. But of course, you know, we'll never exactly know. I mean, what do y'all think? Do y'all think that she is still the Lady Bountiful? She's still a charitable, amazing lady? Or do you think she quite possibly could be a murderer. I'm not too sure. And of course, all of the main evidence and things are lost in time. I mean, we'll never fully know and this will probably never be answered one way or the other. But all we can do is listen closely. 